This is The Immigrant View, a podcast for immigrants by immigrants. Welcome to the show. The Immigrant View is brought to you by ImmigrantNetworks.com. Hello, everyone. It's a great pleasure being here with you. Welcome to The Immigrant View. And my name is Aya Oduni. Really excited uh, to be here to have this conversation. want to give a big shout out, first of all, to our sponsors, TheImmigrantNetworks.com. Make sure you visit ImmigrantNetworks.com. If you're looking to connect with other immigrants, you're looking to grow your network. And oh, by the way, the network you're connecting with their goal is to help you find a job or move up the corporate ladder, all right? So your success is their success. So go out there, uh, link up, have conversations on a weekly basis. Uh, once again, ImmigrantNetworks.com. Once again, my name is Aya Owadun, and I got a special, special guest today joining us. <laughs> She's already dancing over here. Entrepreneur, global speaker, university instructor. She's the co-founder of a personal branding agency called Brand of a Leader. She has been quoted and referenced in publications such as Inc.com, Forbes.com, Fast Company, Success Magazine, Wall Street Journal, and the Financial Post. Those those articles don't even, I mean, those newspapers don't even know my name. Talk less of, you know, you're getting quoted. They don't even know who Io is. But anyway, uh, she's spoken to audiences of entrepreneurs and business executives in North America, Asia, Europe, the Middle East, and we got to bring you to Africa one of these days too. She's a tenured member of Entrepreneurs Organization, having served in local, regional, and global leadership roles. Her mission is to inspire entrepreneurs to speak up, stand out, and be radically authentic through the power of building their personal brands. Please join me to welcome, now, Marina, I'm going to try to say it. I'm going to try to say it. Marina um, Yezanova? Well, listen, it's close. Vajanova. 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 Vaja. Okay, the Z is like a Z. Okay, Vajanova. Marina Vajanova. Welcome. It's a pleasure having you. Thank you so much for having me, Aya. Your energy is through the roof. I have to imagine. <laughs> I just finished the full cup of coffee. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> nice, smart. I need to trade my water for some coffee. You don't want to catch me at 8 p.m. I'm, I'm like, oh, hello, everyone. How are you doing? But yeah, I wake up too early. So the energy comes earlier in the day. So tell us your immigrant story. We'd love to learn where were you born? When did you move to Canada? Where were you born rather? Not when, where? Uh, mm -hmm. When did you move to Canada? Those types of things. Uh, so when I was born, it was still the Soviet Union. And when I was nine years old, 11 years old, um, it we finally became Ukraine again. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, something that we're fighting for dearly right now in Ukraine, mm -hmm. as you know, with the war happening with Russia. Um, and when I was growing up, I never thought that I would travel anywhere. I never thought there that there would be an immigrant story to tell. Mm. To me, the map of the world was like the constellation map to my kids today. They know the stars are there, but it's not quite practically relevant. And mm. I don't think they're going to go there. They mm -hmm. might, but they don't think it's likely. So that was me. Um, my family decided very suddenly that they were going to um, apply to immigrate to Canada because my sister decided to apply. And they figured, well, if she goes, we're never going to see her again, because at the time that was the situation. Most people didn't travel. Mm. But we got accepted through professional immigration. 
And when I was 16 years old, I was boarding my first ever flight. It was the flight to Montreal, Canada. I remember sitting on the plane, seeing the clouds underneath and tripping out and literally thinking my life is never going to be the same. And not because I'm going to another country, but because I just saw clouds under me. Like that is great. You're flying to heaven. I like, I couldn't believe it. And I have to say that I still have that giddy feeling every time I board a flight, because I think for me, that first experience was later on in life. Mm -hmm. Every time I board a flight, like I could be going from Montreal to Toronto and I'm the one standing in line, all giddy and people are like, ah, it's a flight. But I'm like, ah, (laughs) we're flying. Um, So that's, uh, that's how we came to Canada. Isn't it amazing how sometimes the little things in life, I get so excited, you know, driving to the airport and get it on the flight as well. You know, where others around me, you can tell they're stressed, they're tired, they're trying to do work in between. And for me, it's just like, oh my gosh, this is so awesome. I used to throw paper planes growing up and now I get to fly in one and it's so cool. I used so, to make those and uh, and throw those. I still make some mean paper planes. So <laughs> that's still a strength. I used to do the same thing. <laughs> so tell us, um, marketing at some point it was hard for you to be able to find a job get a career going in marketing can you share your uh, that story with us as well it was even hard in university because at the time there was no social media so marketing mm. was advertising and advertising is predicated on you knowing cultural references and understanding the culture mm. i had just arrived two years prior so i went to cjep which in, in the province of quebec is a pre-university program okay. and then two years later i went to university and don't ask me why i decided that i was going to choose marketing i barely knew what it was my parents you know cool. it took them years to understand yeah i just think oh it's cool it's creative But it was the most embarrassing immigrant experience you can imagine because I had no cultural references. Mm -hmm. So marketing 101 or professor would ask, you know, what car is synonymous with safety? I don't know. I didn't have a car growing up. And so the whole class goes Volvo. And I'm like, how did they know? Or people would say, you know, I don't know, the golden arch. I'm like, what's the McDonald's? I'm like, all right, there's McDonald's. So I couldn't answer any questions. That was really hard. And of course, Mm -hmm. when I graduated, at the time also when you were an immigrant and you're looking for a job in marketing you're missing those cultural references mm-hmm. nobody really wants to hire you so it was hard mm-hmm. and it was very hard on the ego it was very hard on the self-esteem and i later learned that it's a very typical immigrant experience mm-hmm. uh, we are you know really cool and great back at home and we're top performers and we're amazing and uh, you know i didn't work back at home i was a kid but you know, I was I was I was a straight A student. I was considered mm. to be, you know, great, a great up and comer. And then to not even get calls when you're applying for jobs and to wow. then, you know, finally land an interview and blow it because it's the only one you have um, was really, really tough. And I and I realized later um, how much um, of that, you know, discrimination exists when when it comes to immigrants and how much that is a commonly shared experience that uh, mm. newcomers face in Canada. So. I mean, just looking at that story in itself, how can you, I don't even know if it's possible, so I'm just going to throw the question out. How can you build cultural reference quickly as a new immigrant? Me coming here was the same thing. I I would hear phrases, you know, and I had no clue what they were talking about. Um, mud deeper and something. I'm like, what's this person talking about? Like, you're not in the mud. Or, you know, I have it up to my neck. Or like all these different references. And, and those are just phrases uh, th- that people have. And I missed innuendos repeatedly, you know. Uh, I still do. <laughs> I still do. 
you know, but how do you build that cultural reference quick? Because when you arrive and you start working like many immigrants do, many people are able to get their jobs luckily within the first few months of arriving, but then you're thrown knee deep into things. Uh, how do you get up and running to even understand what people are talking about? I think it takes time. And I think the most important thing, and I wish somebody had told me at the time that mm -hmm. it's not that I was weird or unintelligent or slow. It's just that this was a very new experience and it's, it's a shared experience. So I think that if people realize that they're not alone, see what you just uh, spoke about, you know, one of my first days uh, in college, we were leaving the classroom and the girls that were walking with me said, it was cool today, Marina. What did you think? And it was August. And I said, I think it's really hot. And they gave me a weird look and I didn't know why. And a year later they explained and I was mortified. So, and when I tell this story to people, so many similar stories come up. So I think the most important part is to alleviate that pressure of being weird, not good enough, unintelligent or anything else like that. So I think that's number one. And then of course, well, we have to immerse ourselves into the culture without denying our own, but watching television and hanging out with people, not just sticking with it within our immigrant communities, but exposing ourselves as much as possible. Now, it's still not going to build up our knowledge of culture references from people's childhoods. You know, when people start referencing cartoons and some movies from childhood, and you're like, I don't know, we're still not going to know, but at least we might know what's current right now. Makes a lot of sense. I like that. Thanks for sharing. So let's talk about branding. That is an area. So from not knowing the safest car, you know, in Canada and what the golden art is to now being a professional guru. And this is an area. So it's been an amazing journey that you, you've, you've gone through, uh, Marina. And, and uh, it's so inspiring. We know you. Uh, so you 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 own a personal or co-founded a personal branding agency called Brand of a Leader. Could you walk us through, as a new immigrant or as an immigrant coming into this new country, how do you start branding yourself from an early stage uh, just to have that, get that perception or got, get that respect that you're looking for from uh, those that are uh, living here and those that are working in your organization with you? So I want to address the elephant in the room first. Okay. There is a lot of discrimination in Canada. There is a lot of bias in Canada. Mm. And I love Canada and this is home and I love so many things about it, but discrimination against people from different cultures, discrimination against immigrants, it's, the real, it's a real thing. It exists, mm -hmm. it's prevalent. People make uh, draw conclusions from the names, the names that they can't pronounce, uh, from the cultural background. When they see our experience, it's in a different country. It's as though it doesn't exist on the CV, right? It's as though like it's invisible ink. Anything that's from another country, you could have been working for the same multinational organization in the craziest role, but it's like invisible ink. It's like, oh, but right. you have no experience. No, mm -hmm. I do. No, it doesn't exist. So wow. bias yeah. and discrimination exists. It's the real thing. It's not, you know, just you. It's not just me. It's uh, all, it's an immigrant story. But um, I have to say that, though, that most of the time, bias and discrimination is not rooted in bad intentions or in people being, you know, bad people or just, you know, holding these, you know, negative beliefs. It's not knowing and it's making assumptions and drawing conclusions. I'm not excusing it, but I'm just, you know, talking mm -hmm. in, in reality in real terms. So often people will assume that if you don't have local experience, you're just, you don't know, you don't know, you're, you're not strong at your craft. They will assume that if you have your last name is Bejanova, that your English is really terrible. They will assume that if you just came in, you, I don't know, you, you, you can't assimilate, you can't fit in within an organization. 
where I believe personal branding is a phenomenal tool and leverage in social media is a phenomenal tool for immigrants is that it allows us to show who we are instead of a black and white one page CV defining that in somebody else's mind. Right. Because often what I've heard from people, because I also spent um, 15 years in recruitment and often when I would hear HR directors discriminate and actually tell me, don't send me any immigrant CVs, any newcomer CVs, send me people with experience. And I would say, but you're saying this to me, like, have you seen my name? And they go, oh, no, 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 no. Marina, someone like you, I would hire in an instant. And I would say, that's phenomenal, but you haven't met this person I have, and they're better than me, like substantially. Mm -hmm. They're like, wow, very good. So, and again, not Mm -hmm. to excuse, and that's terrible, and that's horrible, but what we can do when we're building a personal brand, we're taking control of our narrative, we're putting ourselves out there, let's say on social media, organizing meetup events, doing different things, launching podcasts, whatever we do, we show people who we are, what we're bringing to the table, again, beyond being reduced to our names and being reduced to some... Uh, biases that are imposed based on just the black and white stuff in our CVs. Mm-hmm. Um, so I believe that it's it's extremely powerful. And that's what um, really started my passion, ignited my passion and interest in this field. I believe that it gives agency to people and power to people to uh, stand out and own their narrative. Fantastic. So there is a particular course, and I wanted us to just quickly talk about it. So that way, uh, people have an idea of what this is, and they can start preparing and prepping themselves uh, to this. I've had times, you know, in my career when the phrase in my head was, as long as they meet me, you know, like just get them to meet you and the rest will be taken care of. Like that was, but the issue was, how do I get them to meet me beyond just like you said, the piece of uh, paper that is in front of them. Um, and I've had someone say that to me just this weekend as well, this past weekend when I, have, I was having a conversation where he was just like, as long as they meet me, I know I, I can sell myself. I just got to get them to meet me, to have a conversation with me. And that's where he's having this stumbling uh, block as well. So walk us through this course and what people can gain from it as well. So I launched a course that's called How to Land Your First Job in Canada that you can be proud of. And I added that because we have no problem landing a job, but we don't, as immigrants, need to all be taxi drivers and pizza delivery person and Uber Eats gig employees, right? Uh, Which, you know, nothing wrong with that, but it doesn't have to be an assumption that we need to start at the bottom and we need to start in call centers and take, you know, whatever jobs available. So finding a job that you can be proud of um, is the title of the course. I spent 15 years in hiring and I gave, I cannot count how many um, seminars and webinars and keynotes, especially to immigrant groups on how to stand out to recruiters and how to stand out to hiring managers. So mm-hmm. how to write CVs that stand out, how to write cover letters that stand out, although nobody reads them, but everybody expects them. So how to write those, how to stand out on LinkedIn, because you know what you mentioned, I is so powerful. If only they got to meet us then, right? Mm -hmm. But people can meet us before we apply. We can leverage different tools. They can have a different feel of us if we do our CV properly. They can meet us through a platform like LinkedIn. They can meet us in different ways. So Mm -hmm. how do you do that? How do you leverage? How do you stand out? So I created this course. It has everything in it. It takes through every single piece of landing a job, specifically in Canada, the first job that we would be proud of. Um, And of course, something that I have to uh, specify too, because this is very important and close to my heart, 
for any, this is a, a course for newcomers, for any newcomers from Ukraine, I offer it at completely no cost, no charge. For oh, I like that. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. That's very beautiful. I'm reading something on, uh, here. It says a personal brand carries three main benefits, visibility, portability, and platform. So we're, we're trying to get a sneak preview into the course now. Uh, can you walk us to those three things and what should an immigrant looking to land a job that they're proud of? What are some of those things they should be thinking about in those three areas? So number one, when we talk about visibility, we can replace this with how do I get people to meet me before I send in an application for a job, right? Mm. Um, so we think about building visibility through a variety of platforms. LinkedIn is a great one because you build visibility on LinkedIn, people start noticing you, opportunities start coming your way. When you have visibility, it attracts opportunity. In this case, opportunity comes in form of jobs. You know, one of the things that most people cringe at, the word that most people hate is networking. Right. So when people are told, like, oh, you have one to find a job in Canada, you've got a network and people just I feel like people just like deflate a bit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> OK, um, nobody wants to network. The thing is that if, if networking is done right, what you do is just you put yourself out there very actively. You build visibility so mm -hmm. that when you connect with people, it's not cold, it's warm. But then more people will connect with you, making it an even uh, more pleasant process. So that's visibility. Mm -hmm. Portability means that you're building that visibility around yourself, not on the back of what you do, but on the back of who you are, because we're so much more than what we do. And when we show the complexity of who we are and we show different things that we do, different things that we're passionate about, we can also pivot from different roles in the future more easily. Mm -hmm. And then number three, and I think this is important because number three, a platform, it does not lead us to landing a job but it leads us to feeling that what we're doing has meaning. When we have a platform, like a platform you have right now with this podcast, what you're doing is you can impact people, you can inspire people, you can make a difference, and then it makes you feel less small, makes you feel bigger. And mm -hmm. as immigrants, as newcomers, we often feel pretty small. Mm -hmm. We often feel, right, like we're starting from scratch, we're reduced. When we're able to build a platform and have a bigger voice, we feel more like ourselves, like we were back at home, right? Mm -hmm. When we had mm -hmm. platforms, we had visibility, it allows us to rebuild that. Fantastic. And quite interesting, you know, I used to have a radio show, but the show was only eight minutes long. And but I talk too much. So by the time I say my intro, my eight minutes is up uh, and we just had a brainstorm. Well, how do we turn that eight minutes to an opportunity to really speak and share your thoughts with people? And rather than share your thoughts, why don't we bring experts on to share their thoughts, too? And we're able to combine it together. So it's uh, I really, really like uh, what you shared that really resonates because that's what birthed the immigrant view was needed a platform to be able to share things and um, we needed a place to put it and we couldn't put it on a radio show. So we decided to create one for ourselves. And, and uh, that's, that's a great idea and a great tip for people looking to, so a newcomer who comes, how do you build your network, right? And they mm -hmm. say your network is your net worth. And then we come here and we're really pretty poor because we don't have a network anymore, right? There's no cousin of a cousin, friend of a friend that you can ask for this back. You can rebuild that. Rebuilding it by knocking on people's door cold and saying, can we speak and I have an interview? It's soul crushing. It's terrible. But let's say if you, and then also say putting yourself out there and creating content, let's say on LinkedIn is intimidating because people say, well, I don't know. What am I an expert in? Who's going to listen to me? Launching an interview series where you can interview people is an amazing way to network. I'm sure you've, you've noticed that. Mm -hmm. Most people will say yes. 
because we're all partially vain. So it's, it, it feels good to be asked to be interviewed, right? Um, so you can start interviewing people in the industry in which you want to find a job. Mm-hmm. Boom, you're building connections. You're becoming an expert in people's eyes by association. You don't mm-hmm. need to be saying anything. Let's say your career is in uh, finance and marketing and engineering. You don't have to drop any pearls of wisdom. Let people shine by association because you're curating that conversation. You start being associated as well. Those are amazing contacts. And mm-hmm. then later on, if let's say there's a job opportunity and opening in one of these people's companies, you can always message them. They don't remember you as a beggar who's knocking on the door. They remember you as the person who interviewed them and it elevates you and puts you on the same playing field and you're not just you know a little person knocking on doors and begging makes a huge difference and it's a a great great strategy uh, for networking fantastic uh marina if if anyone is looking to reach out to you and connect how can they do that um so linkedin i live on linkedin and you know as much as i loathed my last name when i first came to canada because i got so many comments about it and people couldn't pronounce it and people still can't as you saw at the beginning now it's my differentiating advantage. There's no Marina Bajanova with this spelling of the last name on LinkedIn. So if anybody punches in my name, the person that comes up, that's me. And uh, my email is marina at uh, my company name, brandofaleader.com. So marina at brandofaleader.com. And on LinkedIn, it's marina and then B-Y-E-Z. I'm not sure if it's Z or Z in Canada, but you know what I'm talking about, that last alphabet, Z-H-A-N-O-V-A, all right? Thank you so much, Marina, for joining. It was a great pleasure having you. Um, we did a lightning fast round one, but really, really uh, enjoyed it. So thank you for uh, joining and being a part of this conversation. Thank you so much for having me, Ayo, and thank you so much for this podcast. It brings so much value to your listeners. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Why don't you do us a favor and share this podcast with a friend or colleague? The Immigrant View is brought to you by ImmigrantsNetworks.com. Hi, I'm Nick Narani, founder and CEO of Immigrant Networks. Listen, if you're an immigrant or an international student looking to find a job and expand your network in Canada, Immigrant Networks is for you. Immigrant Networks, we say networking to get working. It is a community built by immigrants just like you to help you overcome one of the biggest challenges that immigrants have when they come here, and that is finding and retaining a job. Visit our website today and get matched within days with someone from your profession and learn and grow. Immigrant Networks. Networking to get working. Music provided by Bentsound.com.